Hello everyone, welcome to the 100th episode of the Why Your Bank Sucks podcast. My name is James, a notorious banker, and I'm here to tell you why your bank does in fact suck very much. As of right this very second, 2,386 amazing followers at BankBetterGuy on Twitter. Guys, for the 100th time, thank you so very much for all your love and support. I really do appreciate it. I'm really proud to celebrate this milestone with you. I'm really glad that every time I look at my podcast stats and I see the thousands of downloads every few days or so, that I know that a lot of you have kind of followed me along my little journey here in the last 20 months or so. And what can I say? I'm really proud of the podcast. I'm really proud to call you my listeners and my followers. So thank you so very much for that. I really do appreciate it. What an amazing week, to say the least. In honor of our 100th podcast, Bank of America has given us something just insane to talk about. And of course, we're going to talk about it in great depth um, today. It may be an hour long plus. I'm just giving you fair warning here. Um, Considering this is the 100th podcast, I have to acknowledge that as well. So we may go a little longer because of that. You know how they have those special 100th episodes of whatever TV show that you watch. And it's usually two hours long and it has guest stars and all that. Well, I don't have guest stars. It's just going to be me talking and me talking a lot of crap about big banks, um, particularly Bank of America in this instance. Um, But, you know, this podcast was kind of developed just in a way to vent my frustration with um, my role at Bank of America and how I left that role. And what's funny is, and I talk to my wife about this all the time with uh, the Notorious Banker Project at Bank Better Guy on Twitter and the podcast. I say, I never want to be the guy with a grudge. That's the scary part. To be the guy with the grudge, you know, just carries a negative connotation. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the hater of Bank of America just because they fired me from there. It's more to it than that. You know, when I started this, I really was just deep in my beliefs that Bank of America hurts customers. Bank of America hurts their employees, the lesser employees, to a great extent. And then, of course, with the Wells Fargo thing going on, dirty money being released on Netflix, the whole Wells Fargo, quote, fake account scandal, as I keep on mentioning, they're not fake accounts, they're unauthorized accounts. There is a difference. They're very much real accounts. You have an issue where... Big banks are just always continuously having problems. And I understand that my job may never be done. I may be doing this for 10 years, helping people in the most minute ways possible. But I want to be the one that's there. I loved being the one that's there when I worked at Bank of America. I loved getting you know down and dirty, trying to help someone with a really bad problem. My managers would talk shit. My managers would say, James, you need to focus on sales. James, you can't focus on that. You have other things to take care of. But you know what? I knew deep down and from the bottom of my heart that I wanted to help someone. And that's what I do with the Notorious Banker Project and this podcast. $1.05 million that has been rescued by the Notorious Banker and Vigilante Customer Service. Whether it's fraud reversals, whether it's monthly maintenance fees, service fees, whether it's, you know, money being frozen and held and Bank of America or Wells Fargo not wanting to give that money back to the client despite that it's, you know, rightfully theirs. Zelle fraud, you know, people losing money through Zelle and having thousands of dollars sent out of their account to parts unknown only for Bank of America to say, well, yeah, you probably did send it, you know, since you authorized us to put Zelle on your phone in 2016. So in 2020, it must have been you because four years ago you said it's fine to transfer everything and that we're not responsible. 
No, it's bullshit, okay? Bank of America does that, especially with their early warning services, LLC. And they send money out um, whenever someone hacks into your phone. And Bank of America says, whoa, hey, Zelle is a third party, despite the fact that they own it. They're a bunch of liars is what they are, okay? So... Vigilante Customer Service has given over a million dollars back to the customers. That's rightfully theirs. Um, some people have called me the Robin Hood of banking. Well, I don't know about that. Um, but we'll see um, what the next 100 episodes brings. This podcast will continue to evolve because, you know what, with today's topic, it's something that I am not comfortable with talking about um, race and talking about how Bank of America is going to be promoting this amazing, quote, billion dollar donation uh, to combat racial inequality. I don't like it, okay? Um, and you'll know why in a second, but with the George Floyd thing going on, with the, with the riots, protests, whatever you want to call it, I know that's a scary thing to say the wrong word and to be, you know, fingers pointed at you saying, hey, don't call it a riot or hey, don't call it a protest. I understand that there's different, you know, elements that people think different ways about what's going on. Fact of the matter is I'm depressed about it, okay? I see these things on the news and I want the world to be a better place. I want this place to be happier. I want to be happy. That's all I wanted to do, especially when I left Bank of America, was to be happy. Um, The killing of George Floyd and the majority of us will say that it is a murder. I will agree with that. This is the topic of the day, of the week, of the last 10 days as I recorded this podcast on June the 3rd. And um, I'd be a fool not to do a podcast about it. Usually I like to spread these things out after four or five days or so. But whenever I started talking about the protests on my last podcast a few days ago, and everything just got kind of amped up a little bit with all these things being discussed, you know, the you know racial bias and the police and all that stuff, I, I want to stick to banking. And I and I know that's kind of a, a cop out to be honest with you, but whenever it has ties with money, I want to be deep in. Well, Bank of America made it about that yesterday with a supposed billion dollar commitment, quote unquote. That's the word that they used uh, to go about racial inequality, and it just happened to be uh, one full week after George Floyd was um, killed. So you know you gotta understand the timing, the optics of it. You gotta say, hey, well. Why didn't Bank of America do this before? You know, what's going on? And my thing is they love a good PR stunt. They love being on the forefront. I was criticizing Bank of America even just a few days ago saying they didn't mention anything about, hey, let's all stand together or whatever. Even Wells Fargo did that. Wells Fargo put a little photo on their Twitter saying, you know, we're all in this together or something like that. So I commended Wells Fargo on Twitter, which is something I almost never do because they at least did that and Bank of America hadn't done anything. And then all of a sudden, seven o'clock in the morning yesterday, boom, I get 15 DMs saying, hey, did you see what Bank of America just announced? And it's a four year, $1 billion commitment. And the way that they kind of modeled that, I know this sounds crazy, but you know, talking about the African-American community, talking about um, race and all that, they made it sound like Bank of America signed a pro sports contract. A four-year, $1 billion deal. Like I just noticed that they never talk about commitments like that. Whenever they talked about $100 million to coronavirus um, a couple of months ago, they didn't say, oh, you know, we have a three-month commitment worth $100 million. Or uh, whenever they did their $5 billion plan, which I'll talk about later in the podcast, 
to allow um, minorities to become homeowners. They didn't say, well, it's a 10-year plan worth $5 billion. No, this one was a four-year, $1 billion commitment, you know, like you signed to be running back of the Dallas Cowboys or something. And I just found the wording of it weird. But when I saw that, I almost didn't want to look at it because I just knew that it was going to be full of bullshit. And in honor of my 100th episode after this brief promotional consideration, I'm going to get deep into these press releases. And I'm going to tell you what I really feel about the $1 billion commitment that Bank of America is doing uh, to combat racial inequality. I really think that there's a lot of things in there that actually stunt the growth that um, a lot of people are working hard to bring together here i think bank of america kind of sticking their beak into something that's really not their business is really detrimental to um the hard work that a lot of people are going to be putting in that don't want a freaking dime okay so after this brief promotional consideration we're going to get hot and heavy with bank of america's supposed one billion dollar generosity so please stick around all right and i'm back so, you know, as I mentioned, yesterday morning, Tuesday morning, wake up to 15 DMs all sending me the same link saying that Bank of America is contributing $1 billion to combat racial inequality. And, you know, when I saw that and I saw everyone sending me the link, I knew two things. One, it was probably going to be the most ridiculous thing that I've ever seen. And two that what's what's the timing it's one week after the brutal murder of george floyd the, the murder of an african-american man allegedly on the hands of four police i mean we all saw the video but obviously the american system court of law innocent until proven guilty you got to use the word allegedly i know i know but you know we all saw it and we all saw what happened here and you know, it's funny, all these companies and all these sports teams, I saw some graphics somewhere that over 100 of the 120 some odd um, professional sports teams kind of actually mentioned George Floyd by name, mentioned all these other people by name. And they say, you know, we stand with our fans, we stand with the people who support this and that. I really like that because it actually singles out someone by by name, you know. And I think that's important to a lot of people, myself included. But a few days after the the death, Bank of America tweeted something out. And this was after the first night of protesting, rioting, whatever. And they said, you know, we stand with our Minneapolis, you know, friends and family. Like, it's such a corporate way of saying it. Say, you know, there are some crazy things going on right now, some unrest. And we want to extend our best wishes to the family of George Floyd and to the citizens of Minneapolis. And we hope that we can build a stronger and better tomorrow. Just some PR BS like that. Say that. But you say, oh, we're thinking of our friends and family. Well, I think of my friends and family all the freaking time too. So you know what? Whether they're, it's a good time or a bad time, I'm thinking about them. That's no way of sending you know, condolences. It's the corporate way of saying thoughts and prayers, which is ridiculous as well, you know. But, you know, as I mentioned many times before, Bank of America just loves to get that cheap pop of publicity. And, you know, CNBC, Bloomberg, all these places that, you know, have ties with the big banks, you know, because that's what they cover. That's their news beat. It's easy to just send a press release out and then someone on TV goes, oh, hey, Bank of America just did this today. And then it gets sent on Twitter and then people comment or they retweet it and then other people see it and they don't know the context of it. And they say, whoa, good job, Bank of America. Oh, Bank of America sucks. And then it just creates this viral moment. 
So when I woke up after only four hours of sleep, I went to bed at 2.30 on Monday night or Tuesday morning, if you will, and I woke up later on that morning at 7 and I got that many DMs. I knew it was something big. Seeing the $1 billion commitment that Bank of America did, I just immediately knew that I would have to spend time kind of breaking it down before I made a full-on public statement about it. I had to. I had to do that because anytime they do something like that, you got to read between the lines. You can't really just read the words that they just put on the press release because you got to put into context, hey, I work there, so what do they mean by this or what do they mean by that? There's all these buzzwords, you know, commitment and, you know, pledging and, you know, like there's these words that we use all the time, but in Bank of America speak, it means something totally different. And that's the first thing I went to. So whenever I talk to one of my um, followers who is a current Bank of America employee, and she sent me two things. She sent me the press release as it was sent out in the public, and then she sent me an an internal news release that um, CEO Brian Moynihan was um, sending to all employees of Bank of America. I immediately got kind of, you know, my, my eyes kind of perked up my, my from my tiredness and go, oh, so that's how it is. This is what Bank of America is trying to do. This is what Bank of America is trying to convey. And I immediately knew that it was going to take over the next couple of days of uh, this project. Now, here's the thing. Do I want to talk about the same thing over and over again? Hell no. Um, because, you know, that's how you lose followers. Now, I say hell no because I want to make sure that I'm helping as many people as I possibly can and not just focus on one thing. Because when you focus on one thing, especially on Twitter, people get tired of the repetitiveness. I know this. I lose followers sometimes. But I knew that I had to do this because it's a moment where, and, and you'll see with all the words that I'm talking, you know, talking about here, Bank of America was basically not um, getting a buy-in from the African-American community about this. Now, I'm looking at CNBC right now. I'm just looking at one of their tweets. And and the only, you know, the tweet is, Bank of America is pledging $1 billion to help communities fight economic and racial inequality. And then CEO Brian Moynihan says, We thought instead of just talking, it's time to put up the money. Why does it always have to be about money? Do you see all the people that are peacefully protesting, all the people that are walking down the streets holding up signs of some person who died that they never met? Do you think they give a shit about money? No, they don't. That's already strike one, Bank of America. Not everything is about money. You know, do people in this world, um, you know, if if they can find any way to make a quick dollar, are they going to do it? Absolutely but you know what? The eye, their eye is not on the monetary prize. There's hundreds of thousands of people all across the country, you know, informally protesting. When I mean informally, I mean they go on their own volition and say, hey, I'm going to do this um, in support of this thing that's going on. And they're not seeking monetary retribution. Do you think, you know, George Floyd's family is saying, hey, I wonder what Bank of America's take is on our on our family member's murder. No, they don't. So why does Bank of America have to take the opportunity to kind of give good PR? You got coronavirus going on, you got the Floyd thing going on, and then of course before you had that crazy lady in New York with her dog, and you have all these bad news stories, the things that just bum me out. These things that just literally just bum me out every single day, and I hate watching the news now. And you have the Floyd thing that just takes over the news cycle for a week and a half, 
And then Bank of America says, oh, hey, um, yeah, we're giving a billion dollars to to economic inequality to, you know, support economic opportunity initiatives. You know, all these bullshit words that mean nothing to you and me, but they throw a bunch of words together and they make it sound like they're just doing amazing stuff all the time, but they're really not. You see that, and then you go, what's their true intention? This thing was not. Do you think they had this kind of in the hopper, you know, the the Memorial Day, the day that George Floyd died? I don't think they did, okay? And like I said, you know, with all the bad stuff going on in the world, all the bad news, even if you feel one way about the Floyd case, guess what? Watching the news gets really stressful and really depressing. My wife and I just have, um, we have this little inside joke going on at Hope now where I like to scroll through the music channels on DirecTV. Not like MTV, but the actual like music channels without video. Just because I just want to listen to music. I just want to zone out and not think about what's going on in the world all the time. I just want to just, you know, just groove out for lack of a better term. I sound like a freaking hippie. But I just want to listen to music and have a good time. And I found channel 845 on our direct TV, which is the classic dance channel. And classic dance channels like... 1990s dance music you know when all the german people had um you know dance hits coming out and they were getting to the u.s and a lot of these hits are now playing in the background of your favorite tv commercial that's the kind of music i'm listening to it's silly it's music that i never listened to it's music that i never cared for and i thought people were stupid listening to it whenever i was a teenager but that music makes you feel good that music makes you want to go to a bar and have a couple of drinks and just dance stupidly and I'm at that point now, man. I'm at that point where I'm watching the news, and I'm just like, you know what? I got, I, I just gotta, I just gotta zone out. I can't, I can't listen to this anymore because I want to cry. I really want to cry. I really just don't want to think about all the hurt that people are going through right now, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's this. And I just want to dance. I just want to just have a good time. But Bank of America just decides to butt in, and. I don't know what who the PR is for. Obviously, it's for them. But do they think that this is going to just bring people together? A billion dollars? Yes, a billion dollars is a lot of money. You know, the government has gone through several trillion dollars since the coronavirus outbreak. And a lot of people are freaking out saying, whoa, that's a lot of money. Hold up. And, you know, you you have these moments where you have to go, is it all about money all the time? Yes, it is to Bank of America. Whenever I used to open accounts uh, for Bank of America, it's never I was like, oh, hey, who is this person? It was always how much, meaning how much is their initial deposit. That way we can report, hey, guess what? James had five accounts and $10,000 in revenue today. Oh, my God, that's amazing. But if I had five accounts and each of them were the $25 minimum deposit, It'd be a quick call saying, yeah, James had five accounts today. Even though five accounts was more than my goal, I was like, yeah, but you really only got the minimum. You didn't really bring any money to the table. So it's all about money for Bank of America. So I get the CNBC link. I'm sorry I took so long with my long story there, but I was trying to scroll through CNBC's freaking horrific Twitter feed. My God, if mine is ever that long, please shoot me. Um... 358,000 tweets by CNBC that they posted about news stories and whatnot. And I literally scrolled through just two days worth. And it was literally probably five minutes of stretching time right there. But it said, Bank of America pledges $1 billion to assist economic and racial inequality intensified by pandemic. And right when I saw that CNBC headline, I'm like, what the F? 
And and I thought it was CNBC's fault at first. I was like intensified by pandemic. The inequality's always been there. Yeah, it maybe it got a little stronger because of coronavirus, but everyone's broke. Everyone's hurt and you're basically just saying that minorities are like less than nothing at that point. So I saw that and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> and then this is the 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 headline and the lead says Bank of America announced they will commit commit pledges didn't say donate, didn't say give, commit $1 billion to help communities grapple with economic and racial inequality worsened by COVID-19. Why does it have to be about coronavirus? Um, if coronavirus wasn't there, were you not going to give this billion dollars? And why all of a sudden did you decide to give it now? Why was the first coronavirus donation that Bank of America gave in mid-March just $100 million? And that was supposedly for all of us, every single you know customer out there. And it was part of, oh, fee refunds, and we're going to do forbearance on home loans and car loans and all that crap. And it was supposed to be for all of us, but now for um, minority communities, it's 10 times the amount. And they have to throw coronavirus in there to make it kind of sound palatable. Like, hey, we're not just giving people money because they're black. We're giving them money because coronavirus is a bad thing. I didn't understand that. So when I saw the CNBC headline, I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm just like, it didn't make any sense. And immediately you see the link in it, you know, all of CNBC's articles have like 10 likes. And then this one, 257 likes, 74 retweets. And God knows how many of those retweets are positive or negative. But you have all this, you know, this ratio of amazing, like, good feedback just off of the banner headline. And go, oh, Bank of America must be doing something right by us. Yeah, no, okay, so this podcast, you know, and we're so deep into it right now, we're 12 minutes into the second segment here, and I'm going to have to try to speak fast, I guess, but um, I'm going to get into Bank of America's $1 billion four-year deal. Like I said, it sounds like they're signing a football player to a contract. Everything about it reads like it's like sports-related, that headline. And, of course, um, CNBC is the one that says, Bank of America giving to racial inequality and whatever. I'm not ragging on CNBC. They can write however they want. It's fine. But do you think Bank of America is going to say to combat racism in the headline? Hell no. They have stockholders. They have rich stockholders. They have white stockholders. They have people that don't want to hear that stuff. I know that sucks that people are like that, but they do not do that. So what you what do you do whenever you want to talk about an uncomfortable topic? You make it sound like the nerdiest shit in the world, okay? You make it sound like... It's so nerdy that it must be important. And that's how you get the average, like, old-timey person to freaking buy into your stuff, okay? So let me let me get to it right here. I'm looking, and you can hear me clicking on here. So it's not saying Bank of America does this to combat racial inequality. No, it doesn't say that. So let me give you the, the way that they put it on the headline in my Bank voice. <clears throat> Bank of America announces a $1 billion four-year commitment to support economic opportunity initiatives what the hell does that mean (laughs) like why can't they just say to combat racial inequality they're afraid of those people that are going to say oh why is bank of america getting into this game for why are they doing this why are they doing that you know and you don't want to kind of dance around the topic usually right like you don't want to kind of say that you want you want people to know what good you're doing you know like with the coronavirus thing on march 19 2020 It wasn't, you know, Bank of America announces support to 
people who may be experiencing health issues during the pandemic. Now, this is what it says. Bank of America announces additional support for consumer and small business clients experiencing hardship from the impact of the coronavirus. You don't need the rest of the bullshit lines in there. You pretty much know what they're talking about in those three sentences. Hardship from the impact of the coronavirus. How hard is that to say? So whenever it's about you know race or racial things, it's a commitment to support economic opportunity initiatives. And then literally like the, the 15th word in the press release is racial inequality. Okay, so I'm going to read this. And I'm going to stop from time to time. This is the official press release released at 7.16 a.m. Eastern Time yesterday, June 2nd. And I'm going to give you the the internal one they sent. Because that's the one we are going to just totally just... We're going to pull apart like taffy, okay? Bank of America announced today that it's making a $1 billion four-year commitment of additional support to help local communities address economic and racial inequality. That wasn't in there on the banner headline. Accelerated by a global pandemic. The programs will be focused on assisting people and communities of color that have experienced a greater impact from the health crisis. Now, the communities of color is a really interesting thing because, you know, the whole Floyd situation, the whole conversation of last week is about African-American people, black people, however you want to call it. I, I Every time I type, you know, black people, even to my friends who are black, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable saying that. And it's really uncomfortable of me talking about this topic right now as a Hispanic man, because I don't know the plight of the African-American man. I don't want to be that person to um, kind of exploit it just for my podcast. But this is really important stuff we need to talk about, guys. So I'm just saying it. The fact that they mentioned racial inequality in the in the paragraph, but they don't have the balls to just basically say that in the banner headline is proof enough, okay? And, you know, when they say communities of color, they're afraid of saying black. And I know that there's going to be, and there's Hispanic um, stuff in here as well. And then they talk about that, and I'll get into that in a second. But they do this, you know, and they, they say, well, we want to help people in this time of need. You know, I, I'll be blunt with you. As a Hispanic person, there's no Hispanic people in the conversation with the Floyd case. So why are they even bothering? Why are they why are they including us? And I'm saying that why are they including Hispanic people in that? Because they don't want to seem like they're playing favoritism. Everything is about the killing of an African American man and they do their best to make sure that it's not talking just about black people. It's a commitment to support economic opportunity initiatives and racial inequality for communities of color. Well, there's many colors in the rainbow, my friends, and you'll you'll see what I'm getting at in a second here. This is what Brian Moynihan said. It says, underlying economic and social disparities that exist have accelerated and intensified during the global pandemic. I mean, who talks like that? Things have gotten worse since coronavirus. Underlying economic and social disparities that exist have accelerated and intensified. Talk like an effing human being. The events of the past week. What are the events? Oh, hey, maybe it's um, the murder of George Floyd, an African-American man. The events. Yeah, call call the Floyd family and say, hey, sorry about the events that happened. No, someone died, okay? Someone freaking died. Have created a sense of true urgency that has arisen across our nation. Who talks like this? Particularly in view of the racial injustices we have seen in the communities where we work and live. We all need to do more. 
Oh, yeah, um, Brian Moynihan, straight from Wellesley, Massachusetts, you know, and the most affluent place that he, you can live in, flies by private jet to Charlotte, North Carolina, to 100 North Tryon Street, where he's met by his board of directors, a bunch of older white people, and he makes $26 million a year making decisions that impact um, African-American and Hispanic people, among others. I mean, give me a break. You work and live in a place that has people of color in there doesn't mean that you're part of the team, Brian Moynihan. We all need to do more. Well, I guess so, right? Um, the, wor the, the work builds on economic mobility and workforce development programs Bank of America already supports in local markets. We'll get to that in a second. But we'll sharpen the focus of that work. Apparently money sharpens shit. Uh, accelerate the resources and adds a particular emphasis on health services during the pandemic. Like, he's talking coronavirus. I, I don't understand that. Like, there's coronavirus three times in these first three paragraphs. And then it's about the events of the past week and racial inequality. What is your message, Bank of America? It's like this mishmash. It's like Mad Libs. It's like, you know, Ozzy Osbourne said that he was going to get coronavirus in George Floyd's house. While Donald Trump is over here making something that he saw on Food Network's Chopped. I mean, like, it's just a bunch of words put together that mean nothing. You know how they say word salad? Well, it's kind of like a word garbage disposal. <laughs> it's just every single food that you could possibly throw in and just mix it up. I don't get it. And here we go here. So it says, The announcement is aligned with the com company's commitment to responsible growth for clients, shareholders, employees, and communities. Areas of focus will be health. Jobs, training, reskilling, and upskilling. I'm going to get to that in a second because that's the one that pisses me off. Support to small businesses and housing. <sighs> okay, so we'll get to that too. And that's going to be more on the internal stuff that we, uh, the internal press release that we talk about here. The programs will be executed through the company's 90 local U.S. market presidents and non-U.S. country non-U.S. country executives to help develop the opportunities to execute on these communities and areas that include. Why are the non-U.S. people worried about here? Is it is it for the world or is it for America, Bank of America? I, I don't know. So here's the bullet points. Virus testing, telemedicine, flu vaccination clinics, and other health services with a special focus on communities of color. A special, like... <sighs> Like, okay, well, we're, we're going to focus on black people and Hispanic people first for all this health stuff. White people, eh. Like, you, you alienate someone all the time when you say stuff like this. You, you, don't, you don't just basically say it out loud. And they say it in bullet points. Partnerships with historically black colleges and universities and Hispanic-serving institutions in the United States for hiring research programs and other areas of mutual opportunity. Mutual opportunity. More on that in a second. Support to minority-owned small businesses, including clients and vendors. Career reskilling, upskilling through partnerships with high schools and community colleges. I want to talk about that. Operating support and investment for affordable housing, neighborhood revitalization, leveraging our nearly $5 billion in community development banking. That was last year's stuff. And further recruitment and retention of teammates, oh my god, in low to moderate income and disadvantaged communities to build on on work the company has already done to serve the clients locally, which means turning off ATMs at 6 p.m., right? And making people go into the, the white neighborhoods to get their money out of the ATM. Give me a freaking break. 
I can get it, and I'm going to do a podcast, and I'm going to write about the book, about how those ATM things actually impact job growth as well, and it just, it just pisses me off like no other. The work builds on steps the company has already taken, including an additional $100 million to support its nonprofit partners across its communities, and $250 million to assist with lending to the smallest and minority-owned businesses through its support to community development, financial, and minority depository institutions. That's a lot of words. To Lending to the smallest and minority-owned businesses. So if you're a big minority-owned business, you're screwed. Like, well, you're black, but you made it. You're middle class, or you're rich. So, I mean, like, I don't understand small... Like, they use all these things to kind of... All these adjectives to kind of, you know point at someone that says you yeah you don't make enough money and you're you're a minority right let's give you that money that sucks african-american people hispanic people see how patronizing that shit is and it's ridiculous guys and i don't want to make it about race but the whole the whole press release is racially motivated in my personal opinion and it as a hispanic man it offends me as a as a human being i'm offended that they have to go to this length to show how woke they are Guys, I'm from New Mexico. I have, you know, liberal people in my family. I have very conservative, gun-loving, make America great again people in my family. I I'm neither. I am an independent person. I am a I am an American, and I believe in the right to, uh, you know, you supporting what you want to support when it comes to your candidates and your beliefs and all that. Even if I think your beliefs are stupid, I will fight for your right for you to believe in that no matter how stupid I think they are and vice versa, I hope. But here's the thing about it, guys. I I don't want to make it about this. I don't want to be a divisive person when it comes to that. But you got to understand, no matter which side of the aisle that you're coming from, that, oh my goodness, like, you got to see Bank of America pandering and the lowest common denominator in that when it comes to this because it's not fair to a lot of people. It's not fair to the African-American community who's reeling right now to now have to deal with a bank saying, hey, here's some money, we're going to help out. When basically, you know what, most people will just want you to walk in protest, peaceful protest. Most people will want you to kind of address the problems that you have from within. Most people want to talk about that overdraft that they got last Thursday. Giving a billion dollars is not going to um, quell the frustration that a customer is going to have whenever you overdraft their account and refuse to refund the overdraft. It's You can't be bought like that as an American. And like I said, I take I take offense as a human being that Bank of America is just playing all these buzzwords to just kind of get people's attention and get in what they call in wrestling a cheap pop, a cheap uh, round of applause from the audience for how good that they do when they really don't, okay? So, you you know, I read the, the, the press release, you know, to the public and, you know, it's talking about health. Health is number one for some strange reason. Jobs, training, reskilling, upskilling, support small businesses and housing. I don't know if they prioritize that. I don't know if housing is the last one because I know housing is always a problem with that. But you see what I'm getting at here. You see that it's like all the things that we've talked about in public are now part of this billion dollars that Bank of America is giving. And they use economic and racial inequality when, my friends, they are that. 
Bank of America left my town, a predominantly Hispanic town. They left a lot of predominantly Hispanic towns in New Mexico, a lot of African-American communities in Michigan, 15 Bank of America branches in Chicago closed down. Uh, Florida is seeing um, less and less employees in the branches, drive-ups closed and what have you. I mean, you're seeing a real pivot on how Bank of America does business. And here they are saying, hey, we're going to give money and we're going to we're going to support people in these communities that we really believe in when they don't, when they don't. And I think that's what we need to get into here. So I went over the, the press release that was given to CNBC that was given out to anyone who goes to bank of America's newsroom on here. And it's, it's pretty, it's, you know, it's pretty clean. I'll just put it that way. It doesn't really talk into great detail on what they want to do with it, but it does kind of give you an outline saying, hey, we care about your health, virus testing. We care about job training, saying hiring research programs. And then we talk about small businesses, loans, and we'll get to that in a second. And recruitment and retention of teammates. I have a lot to say about that, my friends. So you see these things, and I immediately go, they don't really talk about where this money is going. They just say a billion dollar commitment of additional support, meaning that there was an amount of theoretical support that they've given already. So they're adding a billion dollars on here. And everything about this press release makes it scream like it's a donation. Like they literally open up, you know, Brian Moynihan's checkbook and writing, you know, a $1 billion check and it requires two signatures to make sure that anything over $500 has to be official. And they're cutting a check to some, like, black charity somewhere. Or they're cutting a check to some black hospital somewhere. When it's going to, like, a million different places and a lot of it benefit just Bank of America and no one else. Not the people that they're talking about here. So I'm going to take a brief promotional consideration. And, oh my god, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into the in-house release that they sent. And the, they talk about outlining some of the things that um, are going to be part of this billion dollars and I, I am going to go off on them so uh, turn your volumes down a little bit lower because I'm going to be yelling probably so please stick around. Hello Why Your Bank Sucks listeners this is James the Notorious Banker inviting you to join me on Patreon that's patreon.com slash Notorious Banker for as little as one dollar a month you can support the Notorious Banker's fight against bad banking. What will your patronage do? You'll allow the Notorious Banker to continue fighting for tens of thousands of people who share their issues monthly with big banks on social media. I reach out and assist those bank customers myself. Big banks are ignoring customers, charging crazy unnecessary fees, and refusing to work with them. The Notorious Banker gives clients the tools to bank better and fight back. The Notorious Banker is a 13-year veteran of consumer banking with a knack for policy knowledge, fighting for your money, and helping your voice be heard at the highest levels of big banks when you're ignored. Yours truly has recovered over $550,000 since April 1st when it comes to unnecessary overdraft fees and monthly maintenance fees, claim reversals, and the like. With your Patreon membership, there are also opportunities to receive bonus podcasts and exclusive merchandise, but at least $1 can show amazing loyalty. Please donate today at patreon.com slash notoriousbanker and help support a banking revolution. All right, and I'm back. Oh, third segment here. My throat is a little raw, so I had to drink a little bit of water. My insider, the person who I um, talk to who works at Bank of America, is still in an undisclosed role but I trust her to death because she is a follower and a supporter 
of this podcast and this project. Um, anytime I talk about something, some, I can rely on, on this person to send me a press release, to send me news that's happening on the inside. That way I can kind of break it down and that way I can give you the straight dope on what's going on with um, Bank of America. I found it interesting in the press release that they gave uh, to you know everyone to see on the press room on there. They didn't really outline what they're doing with the billion. It's like, hey, we're giving a billion dollars to African-American charities. And then all of Twitter and Facebook for about six hours goes, whoa, good on Bank of America. I don't bank with you, but I think I should. I'm moving from Chase right now because Bank of America knows what it's all about. And they support the community. They support the African-American community. They support my mom who's banked there for 50 years. And then you have stupid idiots, and i sorry to say that to bank customers, but you have idiots that um, will say on Bank of America's Facebook, I've proudly banked here for 35 years, and this is exactly what I expect from Bank of America. Kudos to you, Bank of America. Kudos. And then you see that. And then you see... God damn it, you guys owe me $500. What is this shit? I've been waiting for a week. <laughs> and then you see Bank of America's help scene. Hello there, we're sorry that uh, we didn't connect with you. Please send us a private message and we'll discuss your issue in further detail. Isella. And it's always Isella. I'll get to Isella at one point in time in a future podcast, but Isella is like the James B, the James the Notorious Banker of um, B of A Help, and it's just ridiculous. I see her on Facebook, I see her on Twitter, and she's always trying to be good little Bank of America employee. But anyway, my insider sent me the, the internal release that was for all employees, and... I don't know what to say. I, I I see it, and then I see how they outline stuff like that. And, you know, it says, Today our company is announcing a $1 billion four-year initiative to accelerate work we have had underway to help drive economic opportunity, healthcare initiatives, and racial equality. Our particular focus in this work is to help create opportunity for people and communities of color. I just I, I just don't get it. I just don't get how they can say communities of color and then they talk about recent events in the past week. When you see that, just don't be afraid to say it. Why can't you say the name of, of George Floyd? And like I said, yes, I understand there's some people that say, well, hey, he probably deserved to die or, you know, we stand with the cops and all. You know, and there's those ignorant people who just disagree with everything. I know that. I used to be a negative person on the internet. I used to purposely be a troll to people. It sucks. It, it makes people feel bad. And I was a bully. I was a cyber bully for a long time, and I hated it. I, I attempted suicide twice, okay? I was depressed. I had a drinking problem. I had problems at work. I did all these things that were bad. All these things that were horrible. And you have all these people that are just negative about stuff like that. And Bank of America's freaking afraid of them. You know... People in communities of color. You say, you know, because of the George Floyd incident, this is what we're going to do to combat this and make sure something like this doesn't happen again to make this community stronger. You know, you have to include everyone just to make sure that you're not, you know, um, a reverse racist or whatever. And like I said, it's an uncomfortable topic for me to talk about, but it's something that needs to be talked about, frankly, and I'm trying my hardest, guys. Is this Brian Moynihan writing to someone so... It's not as official as economic social opportunities initiatives, blah, 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 blah. He talks like a human being. Let me provide some background. It literally says that on there. 
we operate on a dual mandate. Oh, there's the nerdiness again. To deliver responsible growth. Responsible growth is capitalized. Someone needed to proofread that. Um, by delivering all of our stakeholders, clients, shareholders, employees, and communities, and to help address important societal priorities. And, you know, a lot of people say, why is it on the bank to address these things? It's society as a whole, not a, a for-profit company to do that. The global pandemic, oh, there it is again, is driving societal priorities by intensifying underlying economic and social disparities. True, it, it did. People lost their jobs. People are broke. But I, I will explain to you how, how this money um, is not going to those people. A sense of true urgency has arisen across our nation, particularly in view of the racial injustices we have seen in multiple communities where we work and live. Names, locations, talk about it. Are you afraid of pissing off those locations? Especially Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, one of the newer markets that you're in where you just literally started existing there like five years ago and you're building a dozen banking centers over there. You're really like walking on eggshells to not say the name of the town. Racial injustices we have seen in multiple communities where we work and live. Louisville, Kentucky, another place where Bank of America is becoming brand new again. There too, yeah, there too, yeah, okay, New York City where there's billions upon billions of dollars of assets over there, talking about that, yeah, okay, okay fine, yeah, sure, just, just say the names next time, Bank of America. For many years, we have worked with business leaders, local elected officials, and others in the communities we serve to drive economic opportunity and upward mobility through a focus on education, workforce development, affordable housing, and access to health care, community engagement, and economic development. That's a lot of commas. We focused in these areas because they are where systemic long-term gaps have existed and where significant changes require for progress to be sustained. As the pandemic has advanced, we took important steps to help, including an additional $100 million to support our nonprofit partners across the communities, already current partners, and $250 million to assist with the smallest lending to the smallest and minority-owned businesses through our support and community-developed financial and minority depository institutions. I don't get that smallest and minority-owned thing. Like, like if you say that I am fat or you say that I'm skinny, small and minority are not, like, to and from. It's not, it's like the SAT test, you know. Small is to minority as big as into white is basically what they're saying. They're using the two lessers of the, I don't know. <sighs> Whatever. Through the company's market presidents in the United States, funds have gone, gone towards several important partnerships. So these are the things that Bank of America is contributing to their, quote, billion-dollar pledge. And you're going to see that this does not add up to a billion dollars. And I'm going to get into why in a second. A $1 million grant to the University of Virginia Curry School of Education and Human Development to launch a program designed to help teachers increase racial, religious, and ethnic inclusion to students from kindergarten to college. Okay, million dollars, that's one one thousandth of it. Um, the program is to help teachers increase racial, religious, and ethnic inclusion. Does that mean you're buying them like workbooks? Does that mean uh, you're going to bus in uh, minority kids to these schools, which is a controversial topic? I don't get what the million dollars is for. You're saying you're just giving it to the University of Virginia to help teachers increase racial inclusion. How do you teach racial inclusion? 
You don't. It's it's supposed to be innate. It's supposed to be, hey, everyone's the same. Why is a teacher going to go into teaching school and not know that? So what is the money actually for, Bank of America? I'm not going to blame the University of Virginia. My wife works for a university. I understand getting money from anyone is important. Fundraising is important. That's That's the college life. But if Bank of America is giving this to you for the sole specific purpose of this... What does it actually mean? And I just thought about this as I'm talking to you in the podcast here. University of Virginia, the Wahoos, the Cavaliers, the 2019 National Champions in College Basketball. Where are they located at? Charlottesville, Virginia. Home of um, one of the scarier incidents of the last few years, if if you don't recall. Now here's the thing with that. I don't think Bank of America when I think Charlottesville, Virginia. Yes, they have some banks in Virginia. I know that. They also got rid of a lot of banks in Virginia. My old branch manager, Diane, had two daughters go to Hampton University. I am quite familiar with the Hampton Roads neighborhoods, Richmond, and all these places in Virginia because of her and because of other colleagues that I had over there. So I'm familiar with that. So I know about University of Virginia and Charlottesville. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, guess what? It, it all comes together. Charlottesville, Virginia, and then he talks about other communities. They're giving money to this school for the sole purpose of saying, hey, we give to Charlottesville because of the thing that happened in Charlottesville. Come on. $1 million to Howard University Hospital for free coronavirus testing in Washington, D.C.'s most disadvantaged neighborhoods. Now, you know, here's the thing with that. Howard's an HBCU school, very prestigious school. There's a lot of folks that go there. Um, prominent people in this world, you know, and it's it's great. I, I'm glad that Bank of America does business with a university like that. But I think of Howard University, I think it's a black school. That's the first thing I think of. And then I think Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., for the most part, is like 60% African-American, if I'm not mistaken. And then the majority of D.C. is poor because... There's Washington, D.C., where the president lives, and then there's D.C., where there's a lot of inner city. So it seems like they're outlining three things whenever they're talking about coronavirus, Howard University Black School, Washington, D.C., predominantly black town, most disadvantaged neighborhoods, that's four. Even another uh, light going off saying, oh, hey, the poor neighborhoods in the predominantly african-american community with coronavirus with a black college okay well we got four of them there i don't understand that okay yes i understand maybe they need coronavirus testing and i don't know what the cost is a couple hundred bucks or whatever and maybe they could do a shit ton of testing and maybe they could help a lot of people out but that million dollars you know giving them for free coronavirus testing I don't look to bank of america to give for that i look to bank of america to help those customers financially if they want to give you know, that for free coronavirus testing, that's all well and good. But there's nothing in here so far that screamed, hey, we're a bank and we have checking accounts and debit cards. I know I may sound ignorant to a lot of people in the banking industry, but they're just giving a lot of money. And they're, they're kind of, you know, I used to be called a dilettante. They like to dabble in things without getting their feet totally wet in it. And basically, to become the you know the sugar daddy for coronavirus testing, I just don't get, especially in light of um, the events of the racial injustices of the past week that they keep on talking about. Now, here's where I'm going to start to get a little bit upset here. 
$500,000 to the Ultimed Community Health Clinic in Los Angeles, whose more than 25 clinics serve, serve predominantly low to moderate income neighborhoods, especially in the Latino community. You got to point out, hey, they're mostly in Mexican places. Okay, yeah. $500,000 divided by 25 clinics. That's $20,000 per clinic. I had a coworker that went to a clinic before, like a urgent care type thing, and I remember she told me and she showed me the bill that she got charged $18 for one acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. One Tylenol, $18. So $20,000 per um, medical location, honestly, what the hell is that going to do? They're not going to name the the wing of the clinic after Bank of America with that donation because it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Let's just, let's just for the sake of argument say the whole 25 clinic community there, it costs $100 million to operate. What's $50,000 going to do per location? Not a lot. So they literally had, are donating less than a million dollars uh, for this. And to do what? Are they doing coronavirus testing there? What are they giving that for? And why is that part of the racial injustice that happened last week? It's in Los Angeles, Latino community. Like, I don't, I can't connect the dots, guys. $500,000 for the Advocate Healthcare Charitable Foundation to support 12 hospitals in the Chicago area. With personal protective equipment, oh, there's coronavirus again, for healthcare workers and their families. So, are you buying, um, like, the full-on shield and masks for, like, their kids and everyone in their house, too? Like, personal protective, like, okay, so, you're you're giving that for healthcare workers, but what, what, and their families, do their families have to work for this clinic, too, or this charitable foundation? I don't get that part of it. And it says it's supporting 12 hospitals. Does that mean that if there's a kid in the hospital and then the parent can... It says healthcare workers. I don't understand what that means. I read this article in some nurse's magazine or something that says uh, the price gouging with coronavirus equipment, PPE equipment, is literally running an extra $10,000 a day uh, for a lot of um, hospitals and whatnot. Well, there's 12 hospitals and this charitable foundation... So 12 times 10,000 a day, that's 120,000 already. So Bank of America is kind of footing the bill for four days worth of PPE, according to that number that was thrown around in the nurse's magazine. I don't know how accurate it is, but I mean, it's in a magazine, so it's got to be kind of researched, right? I don't, I don't get it. So they just throw together like, PPE for healthcare workers. Another buzzwords, because everyone's talking about healthcare workers. Everyone's talking about face masks. So all of a sudden, they're donating this. And once again, racial injustices and personal protective equipment and healthcare workers. Where is it at? Where is that? Is it just because Chicago is, is also a predominantly African-American city? I don't get the ties. They're really straining to put this together to add this shit up to a billion dollars. And then this is what uh, Moynihan finished up with. It says, the step forward we take today builds on all you've done for all we serve. Business leaders, market presidents, and executives are Global Diversity and Inclusion Council, the Black and Hispanic and Latino Leadership Councils, and external partners, including the National Community Advisory Council and others, will help build out our priority areas of focus and work announced today, and we'll continue to share updates with you. So we got that part of it done. I'm going to wrap up the podcast with talking about the other things that they were mentioning here. 
because I didn't get to a billion dollars. I got to five hundred thousand for the Latino clinics, five hundred thousand for PPE in Chicago, a million dollars for Corona testing at Howard, and a million dollars to teach teachers what they should already know at the University of Charlottesville, Virginia. So that's three million dollars right there. Where's the nine hundred and ninety-seven million dollars to get to a billion? So. They mentioned the virus testing, telemedicine, flu vaccination clinics, and other health services part of it. And I already went through the breakdown of that. And there wasn't any more. And I figured if there was really more places of interest that they would have mentioned in the internal release, right? So when I see the partnerships with historically black colleges and universities and Hispanic-serving institutions in the United States for hiring research programs and other areas of mutual opportunity... I'm confused about the mutual opportunity thing. So basically, from what it sounds like to me, they're giving money to um, HBCUs, which is, like I said, a much-needed thing, by the way. They they are hurting for money all the time, so they need any money that they can get. And Hispanic-serving institutions, I mean, there's Hispanics in every college. There's not no true this Hispanic-only university here. Um, for hiring, research programs, and other areas of mutual opportunity. Mutual opportunity, like, let's see, people who are in the School of Business, they're going to have Merrill Lynch uh, recruitment info inside those classrooms, or maybe on the pegboard, there's going to be like, hey, come join us to you know discuss a future with Merrill Lynch and Bank of America Wealth Management once you get your MBA or whatever. That's what it is. It's literally to sponsor a school to say, hey, can you put our materials there and can you kind of guide your top students to us? That way we can have them as our, you know, financial advisors of the future, the the leaders of the future for Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. That's what it's all about, guys. It's what it's all about. It's just a way of sponsoring it. It's so, okay, you know, people always talk crap about, hey, why do they name stadiums after companies? Why do they have, you know, the Pepsi Center or why do they have AT&T Stadium in Dallas or whatever? You know, people talk shit about that and say, oh, this is ridiculous. Everyone's trying to make a buck off of it. Although Wrigley, as in the gum field, has been around since 1916 or something like that. So, you know, any way to get a buck for sponsorship purposes was always going to be there. So basically, Bank of America just entered into sponsorship agreements. They're paying colleges. Yes, they're donating to colleges, and colleges use it for other things and other programs. But they're giving colleges a whole lot of money to say, Hey, um, see these flyers here that say, Hey, you want to be the next financial advisor at Bank of America? Please contact this 1-800 number. Go to this and submit your resume here once you get your degree. Just like the military does. Just like other companies do. Have you ever been to those job fairs in colleges? My wife handles a lot of that stuff. You know, they have Comcast there. They got phone companies there. They got all these places to work at. And people pay money to go there. They pay money because they're looking to recruit future employees. So Bank of America giving back to the minority communities is basically giving money to the college that way they can basically be a minor league system if you will for new employees not that there's anything wrong with that i consider working at a bank a good job but don't come at me and say that hey this is to solve injustices in the world no it's because you need jobs you need butts in seats you need butts at desks 
That's why you do it. That would have been part of your plan anyway. What had it been at what had it been at you know Howard University or uh, any other historically black colleges? I don't know. I don't know that. I can't speak for Bank of America, but you damn sure believe that they're going to be at the top schools saying, "Hey, that's that's the top of the class right there in the school of business. We want him to work for us because we want the only the best to work for Bank of America." It's self-interest. It's not for the community. It's for them. They just happen to give money to a college that serves the community. Okay, so um, I'll get to the I'll get to the main part of this. So where do you get to one billion dollars? You get through all of this BS, all this stuff. Where is the one billion dollars? And the thing that gets me about it is, no one understands that one. It's not a donation. They're not giving to charities. It's a pledge, a commitment. It's just basically saying economic opportunities, a billion dollars earmarked to it. All it means is, hey, we anticipate that there's a billion dollars that's going to exchange hands through the course of trying to help people fight these things. What does that mean? It means absolutely nothing other than money's exchanged for goods and services, just the way that everything is. So when I hear support to minority-owned small businesses, and then they talk about support and investment for affordable housing and neighborhood revitalization, leveraging our nearly $5 billion in community development banking. And then, you know, I mentioned the $250 million to assist with the lending to the smallest and minority-owned businesses. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that phrase. And the biggest and whitest-owned businesses and the smallest and blackest-owned businesses. I don't understand those words, guys. I don't, I don't get it. $250 million for that. And you go, while well, lending to the smallest and minority-owned businesses. Like, what the hell does that, why? Like, why does it say it that way? And then it all came to me about, I don't know, it was, I'm going to say it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yes, it took me that long that same day. I'm like, okay, I see what they're getting at. They're talking the billion dollars as into we're going to set aside this money so we can freaking lend money to these African-American small business owners or African-American um, home loan people. You got to be shitting me. It's not a donation, guys. It's not a donation. It's money that they're supposed to use to lend anyway. They're a freaking bank. So... I was on Twitter earlier tonight, and there was um, another CNBC post, and it says, Bank of America is pledging $1 billion to help communities fight economic and racial inequality. Nothing about coronavirus at that point. And then we thought, instead of just talking, it's time to put up the money. And then there's um, a Twitter account, at Crypt Van Winkle, I'll just say it on here. And this was, <laughs> this was the tweet of the night, because it made me laugh and it made me cringe. Quote, we are going to help minority communities by continuing to lend to them, end quote. Thanks, Brian, for following the law. <laughs> so, and I laughed heartily at that now, and I did before. Bank of America's billion-dollar pledge is basically something that they're supposed to freaking do. I almost said the F word there, and I tried really hard not to say the F word there. They're supposed to lend to black people. They're supposed to lend to white people. They're supposed to lend to Hispanic people. They're supposed to lend to whoever wants a freaking loan. 
So that money set aside, which is offensive to me, and I'm not I'm not an African American man. That's offensive to me. We're setting aside money so we can lend it to you. No, you're a bank. You're supposed to fucking lend it to me anyway. See, I said the F word. See, I said the F word because I'm I'm pissed off. I laughed my ass off at that tweet. We're gonna help minority communities by continuing to lend to them. You're supposed to lend to them. You're supposed to lend to them. Whenever you say, hey, we're we're setting aside money to have uh, minorities, you know, borrow from us. Are you kidding me? So if if um, a minority guy would have came in last Monday, hey, yes, I need to take out a loan, please. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have a program for you at the moment. Sorry about that. Is that what what's going to happen? Seriously? Okay, so Bank of America, most of the billion dollars is a commitment to lend. Now, here's the problem with that. Especially when it comes to business loans. Before PPP, and I cut my teeth on PPP loans the last two months. I busted my ass on PPP, learning about PPP loans so I could help the people that Bank of America was ignoring, including African American people, by the way. So here's the thing. Here's the issue here. I have never seen a small business loan go through in 13 years of working at Bank of America. Meaning there was a business application or a business referral. I sent someone on the phone with a business specialist because I wasn't a business specialist. I just worked on business stuff in the branch. And they took the business's information. You know, what is your revenue? What is how many years you've been in business? Are you a LLC or an S Corp or a C Corp? They, they, you know, ask all those questions. They go through the loan process. I probably did. I'm going to say 200 of those in the time that I was a, a banker. I never saw one get approved. I never got credit for one. I never saw one get approved. I had peers that worked in similar roles with me. I never saw um, one get approved for them either. Bank of America does not lend to the smallest and blackest businesses. They lend to the biggest corporate businesses out there, guys. I've had people laugh at me on the phone whenever I say, yeah, um... I have a restaurant, Alimberto's in Las Cruces. That's a real restaurant, by the way. Cool people, great customers of mine. And they want to take out a business loan because they want to do a second location. Well, what was your revenue last year? $60,000. And I literally got an audible laugh. An audible laugh from the Bank of America business guy. Because it's a minimum $250,000 revenue that you must make in a year to even be considered. And you have to be in business at least two years. So no black people, no white people, no Hispanic people are going to get seed money to start a business. So I was like, hey, I got this great idea. Oh, sorry, we don't do ideas. You have to be in business for two years and have $250,000 in revenue. It's the way it works, guys. They, they lie about that. I, okay, so you want to talk about minorities, owning businesses, whatever. I knew these great people. They're, they're the Patels. They're Indian uh, people from you know India. And they lived in America 10 years. I knew some of their family back home in Socorro because they owned a couple of hotels. They were purchasing a hotel here, and they were remodeling it, and they wanted merchant services. I'm like, yes, of course a hotel needs freaking credit card services because how do people reserve their rooms with a credit card, right? So I call up the the place I would do to get my sales credit for and say, hey, I have um, so-and-so LLC and they want to talk about setting up a merchant account. And then I'm like, slam dunk, right? I gave my boss a high five. I'm like, hey, easy points towards your goal. And then the next day I get an email saying it's not a quality referral. I'm like, what? It's a hotel. It's millions of dollars. I was like, why is it not quality? Well, you see, James, it's a whole other different line of business because they're high revenue generators because they are a hotel. They make 5 to $10 million. 
they, we have to go through a corporate banker, and his name is blah 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 and whatever. So um, it's a, it's a decline referral, unfortunately. So I didn't get credit for it. They still got it. They still got a million dollar contract with that hotel, and I didn't get credit for it, despite the fact that I interacted with them and that guy was shopping around because they were that big. Now he was a minority. He was someone who needed help, and they helped him all right. And I'm glad that he got it. But I didn't get credit for it, which told me one thing: someone who walks into a bank branch is not going to be able to say, "Hey, I'd like a loan," and it's going to happen. It does not happen for the most part. My goal was to sell small businesses credit cards, the cash rewards for business credit card, among other things. That was our goal in the branch because that's easy revenue, easy ways to get our goal. We don't want to go through the paperwork and loan bullshit. You know what? A, you know what a business credit card takes. Yeah. What your name what's the name of your business how long you've been in business how much did you make last year click submit hey you're approved that takes 20 seconds and that's not part of their lending they're talking about business lending which is not existing so you gotta admit one thing they're not committing they're not giving away you know 250 million dollars or whatever they're committing to to lending that much as a cap do i think that all 250 million dollars is going to be given i do not think so if I had a 0% you know, acquisition rate when it came to loans, why the hell is it going to be more than zero at every other place? I wasn't that bad of a freaking banker. Give me a break, man. I know for a fact that they don't lend to anyone. They just don't. They lend to million-dollar business because it's not worth their while to lend $10,000 over five years. Whether they make like $500 interest and all this work that probably costs $500 in labor? No. They're not going to do it. So the commitment is just that, a commitment that, hey, if there's enough people who are willing to do that, and then, of course, you all know about the stuff I talk about in my podcast where people get declined loans or they get, like with PPP, they're not even getting calls back. They're not even getting emails back. It's just like dead silence for a month whenever people say, screw this, and they go to another bank. That's what's happening. It's happening before when I worked there, and it's happening now. So it's just a pledge to give that amount should people get approved and... Uh, Bank of America has shown me that they don't approve people very often for anything. All right, I got two more, and then I'm out of here. The second one is the home loan thing. Bank of America has a history of redlining loans, okay? They they did that to me. I don't like to call it that because I don't feel comfortable saying that because there's people worse off than someone who was a bank manager at that point in time. But, oh, my God, man. Okay, so... You have people who apply for home loans, and I know this because I've helped these customers. And it's like, hey, Mr. Um, Gonzalez, you're approved for $82,000. 82000 is not much of a house. I know a lot of you are thinking, what kind of house can you buy for 82000 Well, in New Mexico, you can buy a decent house. You can buy a two-bedroom, one-bath, little old house or something. Guy gets approved. He's like, hey, I found a house. It's on 123 Main Street. Sends the information back saying, hey, I want to I wanna sign a contract to try to buy this house. Sends the contract by fax to Bank of America. Sends all the information. Guy ignores them. Guy was approved, pre-qualified for 82000 He sends all the information that was asked by the banker to complete the transaction. Sends it, and he's like, well, I haven't heard back from the banker. And then they would come to my office and say, James... I faxed over all this stuff to the banker um, three days ago. What's going on? And then I'd email him saying, Hey, Mr. Gonzalez is here and he wants to know about his loan. What's going on? He has a house in mind and he's ready to buy. He's ready to get this ball rolling. I hear nothing back. And I would see that they were working because I would find out what their user, um, Bank of America user ID is. And I would track them on event history. 
And I'm like, son of a bitch. They're, they're talking to people. They're helping people. And he's blowing off my email. And he's blowing off this guy. You know why? Same reason that happened to me. They're like, eh, this is not much of a house. I can talk to someone in Simi Valley, California and do a home loan for a similar square footage for 10 times the amount of this little podunk place. And they pick and choose based on low-income houses, middle-of-the-road income houses. And someone, like I talked to someone who works for Microsoft and he bought a $1.2 million house and I gotta admit, it freaking sucks. My house is better than his. And I paid... um. 94% less than him. But Bank of America is going to go after that dude. Because one, he makes a shit ton of money. He has good credit. Secondly, it's in a neighborhood that they want to be in. And thirdly, they can spend the same amount of time getting the revenue off of that million dollar plus house. Or they can work on the little hut here in New Mexico. Which is fine for the customers who wanted to buy the hut. So whenever they say it's a commitment to lend to for for home loans and whatnot... I don't buy that. And there's going to be um, a graph, a chart that I just saw from a Chicago person um, before I recorded this podcast. And basically, basically it shows where Bank of America lends in Chicago. And in the black areas, it's nothing. And in the white areas, it's like billions of dollars. I don't get it. Because the commitment to be there is based on approved credit. One, the customer has to have approved credit, which is not always the case. I'm not going to put it all on the bank, okay? Sometimes customers screw up and they can't qualify. I probably can't qualify right now. So you have that. Then you have the fact that Bank of America does that bullshit where they misplace documents or they just ignore your phone calls and emails. You have that. And then secondarily, at the end of closing and all, they have all these conditions like, well, we need a second side inspection. We need a second appraisal of the house because this and that, blah, blah, blah. I did three appraisals on this house. And then people finally say, hey, we're going to withdraw the deal. Or we're going to go to another bank and get approved because you guys are just dragging your feet. And they go, oh, looks like the Gonzaleses wanted to withdraw. That's unfortunate. No, you made them withdraw. You basically smoked them out of this bank. You basically said, hmm... Well, you're going to die if you stay here, so might as well just leave, right? It's basically what they do. It's basically what they do. They just literally say, hey, um, hey, you know, these things take time, and you're free to go if you like, but it's not going to be May 31st that you're going to be closing on this house. Um, Bank of America cannot um, go by that date. We have to go by a future date. And then someone backs out, whether it's the seller, which totally screws the buyer, mind you, or the buyer who just says, F this, I'm going to a bank who's going to treat me right. And then Bank of America goes, oh, well, it was declined because the buyer withdrew. It's redlining. It's not like a whole Bank of America said, oh, we can't do it because of this and that, and that's final. No, they make it to where the people quit instead of getting fired. They make it to where the customers quit instead of Bank of America saying, well, it looks like your paperwork doesn't quite add up there. That way it leaves them free from like a lawsuit or whatever. So basically, the customer is saying, oh, screw these guys or whatever. And then Bank of America, through no fault of their own, oh, looks like he left. Shut up. Bank of America does that all the time. Like I said, they did it to me. I'm not going to be one to talk personally about myself all the time because... 
frankly, I don't want to. This podcast is junk if it's just all me, 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 me. But Bank of America does that to customers. Bank of America will say, hey, looks everything looks good. Just bring in your W-2s and this and that, and we'll get the ball rolling. And then when they see the shit money that someone makes in a low-income community, they see the shit amount of the price because it's in a shitty neighborhood. And they see the shit amount of net revenue that they're going to make off that loan. Guess what they say? They say, screw this shit, and they try to find any way to make you leave. Any way to make you leave. So this commitment for the billion dollars is predicated on the fact that, one, that they're actually going to lend to people of color. Two, that those customers are going to get approved. And third, that they're not going to find a way to kind of break the deal at the end. I guarantee if you hold Bank of America to this four-year billion-dollar commitment, they will find a way to kind of make the numbers work to make it seem like they're donating a billion dollars or they're pledging a billion dollars. But in reality, there's going to be so many people that are going to get burned on this. So many people get burned on this because there's no actual charities. There's $3 million in charities that they outlined. And then there's these several hundred million dollar chunks that are just based on the fact that, hey, we've got to trust Bank of America to actually lend to the people that they haven't lent to in years. I just don't trust it. All signs point to I don't believe them. You know, Bank of America was thriving in 2016 when I tried to get my house. Bank of America was thriving in 2017 when there was an actual Mr. Gonzalez to try to get a house, and he got screwed. And I got in trouble for resubmitting the referral because the the person, the home loan operator, the home loan officer, excuse me, was blowing off my client, ignoring his email. So I said, you know, screw this. We're going to find someone who's going to help you. And then I get in trouble saying, James, this was assigned to so-and-so. You shouldn't be doing that. You could lose your job. Whatever. So guys, I'm just going to put it to you this way. Bank of America, the bulk of their pledge is not charity. It's a commitment to do what they're supposed to freaking do and lend money. And that's not money specifically earmarked for black people. They have $200 billion that they can lend. They don't need to set aside $1 billion just for these folks. If people are qualified and they believe in the, in the product, meaning the home loan or the business, then they're going to approve it regardless of color. And I'm saying that to defend Bank of America and also to throw their ass under the bus. Because they're making it seem like they're making a special exception when in fact it's the freaking law. It's the law. Last one just pisses me off. And I'm just going to get to it because I've wasted enough of your time already today, my friends. As my new computer beeps right here. So the last bullet point on the official press release says further recruitment and retention of teammates in low to moderate income and disadvantaged communities to build on the work the company has already done to serve clients locally. That's a long sentence, man. There's like no commas in there and like I don't understand the people who do these press releases. Who is it? Jessica Oppenheim. No clue who that is. That must be a new one. It's not Andy Aldridge or it's not um who's the other one? I can't even think of her name right now. Diane Wagner. Or Colleen Haggerty, Jessica Oppenheim, whoever that is. So, the further recruitment and retention of teammates in low to moderate income and disadvantaged communities. Low to moderate income and disadvantaged communities are getting their freaking banks closed. So, we're assuming that people who come from these low to moderate income and disadvantaged communities are transporting themselves to richer neighborhoods. I.e. West Phoenix, Arizona going to Scottsdale. Or, you know, someone who lives in, you know, the inner city of Chicago going to downtown Chicago where the new Bank of America Tower is. Or, you know, going to, you know, midtown Manhattan when you live in Harlem or something like that. So, you know, the focus is on 
retention of teammates in low to moderate income and disadvantaged communities. And it's not necessarily saying that the branches are there in those same communities. It just says locally, which locally is a very vague word. It can mean, to me, locally is New Mexico. It's an eight-hour drive from one corner of New Mexico to the other. So locally can mean anything to anyone. But here's the thing that pisses me off. So the commitment, the billion-dollar commitment, let me just read this again, is for further recruitment and retention of teammates. The charity, the $1 billion charity, or at least the fake charity that they claim to give, is for retention of teammates. So how can you give charity to yourself, one may ask. If Bank of America is committing a billion dollars to keep their teammates, I'm wondering, how the hell is that possible? Does that mean that they're going to pay them more? Oh wait, last year, they committed to a $20 an hour minimum wage for everyone. Even the crappiest job is supposed to get $20 an hour at Bank of America. And we know that it's not true, and I'll get to why in my book. But $20 an hour minimum wage. So they are basically, and this is I'm going to end with this because it's ridiculous. Bank of America is claiming that the pay raise that they already promised last year to the lowest end employee, the lower level employee, whether they're in an inner city or a suburb, is part of their commitment to end racial inequality. A pay raise that they already gave. A pay raise that was already promised last year. It's saying, hey, this is part of our billion. Let's add that to the tally. I don't know how many millions of dollars that is. But everyone got a bump up to at least $20 an hour. And that's for the retention of teammates. So basically they're allocating the money to themselves to give to their employees. Which in turn will probably use their debit cards. Which will make even more money for the bank unbelievable and further recruitment you know why they're spending that money to further recruit because for all the stress and all the bullshit that you have to go through it's not worth $20 an hour to be a teller at Bank of America further recruitment is to find people who are dumb enough and I, I hate saying that because a lot of the branch employees most of the branch employees I worked with are amazing smart people who deserve better but people don't want to go through that stress and abuse that Bank of America gives them. So they're spending money and calling it charity to recruit people to work in these low to moderate income and disadvantaged communities. And that goes with uh, hiring and research programs at the black colleges and universities and Hispanic serving institutions. They're looking for the next generation of people to take those $20 an hour jobs, which is not a lot of money in today's America, $20 an hour. So basically, Bank of America is saying that they're giving to charity by giving themselves money to find workers to work in these communities. That's not improving racial inequality. That's just basically throwing money at a problem. No one wants to work at Bank of America in an inner city because Bank of America treats inner cities like shit. People don't want to work for Bank of America in an inner city because they don't really... Um, they're not really the bank for the inner city. They're not really a, a pillar of the community. They're just a place to go to cash your check and get your money out. And that's not a knock on the people that live there. That's just mainly the way that it is. Most people that go to a bank do not see it as, hey, this is a place where I can plan my retirement and buy my first home. No, they just want to cash their check. So the recruitment and retention of teammates is to basically give money back to Bank of America or just to allocate money to themselves to say, hey, we're going to spend $100 million. That way we can give everyone a $1 an hour raise across the board or whatever. And then everyone's like, oh, wow, that good job. They're paying us $21 an hour now. 
<laughs> so the billion dollar pledge is going, Bank of America is giving it to Bank of America to give to their employees that they already promised that money to. It's not new money. And new money is a phrase that Bank of America likes to use when you open an account. How much new money did that customer bring in? Meaning, what's new to the table? Their bullet point outlines the fact that they're going to be paying their freaking workers money from this billion dollar thing that they are selling as charity to the black community. I can't believe it, guys. I, I'm just so bummed out saying it and talking about it right now, you know. But it's the truth, and it's there, and it's all clear as day. There's no way that you can convince me otherwise. If you want to say, hey, they're giving to the medical community for PPE and coronavirus and all that, that's one thing, but it's not a billion dollars. In fact, it's only $3 million. When you're talking about, you know, lending, the big thing I was talking about lending, when we know that they're not lending to businesses, I know this, and we know that they give people a hard time when doing home loans, do I believe that a billion dollars is going to be, um, you know, allocated through those things? If they if it is, then it's cool, but it's supposed to be there anyway. That's what I don't get. I'm so frustrated about it, and I just want to cry thinking about it. Because this $1 billion that they mention is not a new thing. It's things that they're supposed to do. It's things that they ought to do when it comes to paying their workers more. And it's things that I don't get why they're doing it, like basically saying, hey, we're, p we're paying uh, a teacher's college to teach teachers how to be more racially inclusive. I don't understand what that means. And if I knew what it meant, if it meant just books, and I, I, w I would understand it more. But it just sounds like that they're playing to t you know, current events, and that's just unfair to the memory of George Floyd to the spirit of people peacefully protesting, to all the people who are just enthralled in this news topic right now. And basically, frankly to me, I expect more from Bank of America because I did 13 years of work there. And I really do believe that they believe that they're doing a good job. But this is the most tone-deaf thing in the world. This is not a time to announce that you're giving a billion dollars and you're not really giving a billion dollars. You're just saying that you're supposed to, you're going to lend money to African Americans and communities when you should have been doing that anyway, when you're supposed to be doing that anyway. When you're, when you're claiming that it's all, you know, going to be for the benefit of these communities and it's a pay raise for your employees that you treat like crap and you're only paying them so they don't leave you for a better paying job that's going to treat them better. That's all that it is, guys. I want to honor, you know, people who are impacted by these inequalities, as they mentioned, because they are real. They are real. I, I know. I grew up in a really poor household in a really poor town. Can you fix some of these things? Yeah, you can. Is it going to be hard? Absolutely. freaking lutely It's going to be hard to do that. But I wasn't 11 years old eating a ketchup sandwich going... Hey, I wonder what Wells Fargo's take on me eating this ketchup sandwich is. I don't think that way. I was just thinking, hey, I'm hungry and my mom's food stamps haven't come in. And they won't come in until the 11th, I think it was, of the month. That That's when it's hard, man. That's when it's hard to, to know that Bank of America just has all this money to throw around. And all they got to say are the topics of the day. It's like they go to Twitter and look at the hashtags that are trending and go, hey... We're going to give a million to coronavirus and to racial inequality in Minneapolis. And they're just filling in the blanks as they go along. 
a lot of people were criticizing Bank of America, saying, oh, it's just a tax write-off forever. And what's funny is it's not because they're not giving to charities. <laughs> they're lending money to customers that are going to pay them back. And those customers will pay them back with interest. So Bank of America, in turn, will actually make money off of this supposing giving of $1 billion. And my friends, if there's not another fucking reason to say this, this is why your bank sucks. Whether it's Bank of America lending money, earning interest on it, and claiming it's a it's a giveaway, it's a donation. Whether it's them um, claiming charity is paying their employees an already promised pay raise. Whether it's them just looking for key words to just kind of stoke the fires of people who don't support them in order to support them. And in order for them to kind of still gouge these small towns or the bigger inner cities where they do not care and where they do not give a shit. And they work hard to kind of impact these communities in a negative way. But this little PR stunt will impact them temporarily in a positive way to kind of throw the heat off. Then, that is why your bank sucks, my friends. Oh my god. My name is James, the Notorious Banker. And I've done probably an hour and a half today. All I can say is, guys, thank you so very much for listening to my 100th episode. It means a lot. I'm sorry I went off the rails here, but this is I'm just so passionate about this. It's ridiculous. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the previous 99. I'm going to be back for 100 more really, really soon. Uh, continue to follow me on my YouTube channel. Go to at BankBetterGuy. 575-322-4127 on the uh, Why Your Bank Sucks voicemail line. If you have any ideas, thoughts, questions, James at NotoriousBanker.com. Please leave your uh, name and contact information so I can get in touch with you about that. Guys, a billion dollars is no joke. A billion dollars is approximately nine hundred and ninety-nine million nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars more than what I got right now. If Bank of America was giving it to worthy causes who can improve their communities, because they know their communities better than Bank of America, I would say Bank of America, and I would tweet this and I'd pin that post. I'd say Bank of America, I think you're doing a great job. Thank you so much for giving this money to people who sorely need it. But Bank of America is lending this money, going to earn a profit on this money that they're lending to the people that they usually deny loans to. And we're supposed to think that it's all charitable? No, it's not. Guys, it's so frustrating. I may have to do another podcast about this, but for now... We're going to leave it at that, and we're going to see what the community has to say. The majority of African Americans on Twitter think that it's total bullshit, which I'm glad that they see that. Um, and we'll continue to go on with this uh, in another podcast. But honestly, this is in honor of George Floyd. It's in honor of all the people who were you know, impacted and oppressed as a society. I'm not going to sit here and get political or woke on you. I'm just going to say, you know, a, a tragic event happened a week and a half ago. And we should acknowledge it. And we shouldn't be talking about money. We shouldn't be talking about things that are really not important in this world. Yes, money pays the bills. But you know what? Honestly, love your fellow man. Love each other. Treat each other well. These are things you would not have heard me say a couple of years ago. I am just a total pisser, and I get so angry at the world and people. People just frustrate me all the time, you know, but I don't want to think that way anymore. I want to believe that I can just like every single person that I come across, you know, 
And I want to believe that. And Bank of America, I want to believe and like that you're doing the right thing. But this one, you should sit out. I am going to push hard to make my points known and to um, talk to people within the communities that are impacted and tell them that this is the main reason why your bank sucks. Until we meet again, my friends, this is James the Notorious Banker saying thank you so much again for the 100 episodes. Go to patreon.com slash notoriousbanker. Donate at least a dollar to this project. Keep us going for the long, long term because there's going to be more fights to fight and I will be here. So until we meet again next time, my friends, this is James and Tori's Banker signing off. Have a great day.